And thank you, musicians. What great music this morning. Our primary text for the morning is from 1 Corinthians in the first chapter, Paul's lengthy introduction of his letter back to the church that he had started there at the great international city of Corinth. The book of Psalms says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. The Apostle Paul, writing to his friends at Ephesus, said, Be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. About the same time, he wrote to the Philippians and said, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. I want to consider two things uh, and see how they come together this morning. One is this subject Paul will address about the unity of the church. The other is world missions and the Great Commission. I was riding around town and coming down here in different places and the radio on and my car uh, was on the Christian channel and I was listening to a long discussion, often on bits and pieces of it throughout the morning, uh, concerning the second coming of Christ and the end times. And these guys were pretty good and it was fairly interesting and I agreed with a lot of what they had to say. But in the end, the second coming of Christ doesn't hinge on who's president of the United States or what world rulers are doing what Jesus told us when to expect the second coming. The last week before the crucifixion, he went up on the mountainside with the disciples who looked back into the temple area from that great view in the Mount of Olives. And he gave Matthew 24 and 25 the remarkable Olivet Discourse. And Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world, or the whole inhabited world, as a testimony to all the nations, or to all the people groups, and then the end will come. And so now you know, if you take Jesus' words at face value. Later, a few days, a few weeks after that, he would give the Great Commission and command them to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the end of the age. Paul writes to the Corinthians, and again, uh, we've said before as we were looking at chapter 15, at some length, uh, Paul loved this church a lot. It was probably the most challenging church that Paul ministered to and with, but he loved these folks and writes back these two remarkable letters. We spent a long time a year ago in 2 Corinthians, but he writes back these letters to that church to help them get to where they need to be for the glory of God, for the accomplishing of the Great Commission. Chapter 1, verse 10. Now, if you want to see verses 1 through 9, come with us to St. Peter's Baptist uh, this evening. And our dear friends over there are encouraging us to come, and they've got ice cream waiting on you after the service. Please come and go with us. You won't be sorry that you did. But Paul writes uh, these words to the Corinthians, Now I exhort you. It's a shortened version of the, the verb parakaleo, uh, which can be translated a lot of different ways. The NIV has it here, I appeal to you. The NAS, I exhort you. I like the word encourage you. I encourage you through the name of the Lord Jesus. 
the Lord Jesus Christ, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul writes back to plead with the Corinthians. And we're going to see some of why he was pleading here in a second. But he says, oh, my Corinthian friends, my Corinthian family, this city would not be viewed by a lot of people as the most important city in the world in that day. You might say Jerusalem, that's, a, that's the seat of the whole faith. Or you might say Rome, which is the, the, the centerpiece of the Roman Empire. But Corinth is so strategically located for international commerce and influence. The potential of the Corinthian church is immeasurable. Paul says, I plead with you, I encourage you, I exhort you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, don't let there be any divisions among you, but be made complete. Or literally, you could translate it this way, uh, that there be no he uses the word schismata, which we get schisms from in English. That schisms may not be among you, but that you, having been made complete or having been fully restored, might be in the same mind and in the same purpose. There's a lot we can talk about in Corinthians first chapter, uh, but I want you to take home with you uh, especially that little phrase that Paul throws at us there, and it's rendered in different ways, but in the same purpose, the same uh, huge purpose, the glorious purpose, this profound purpose of the Great Commission. And Paul says, oh, Corinthians, with all my heart, I encourage you to gravitate and lock in and focus on that great purpose. And that purpose is so, so great. He continues, he says in verse 11, For I've been informed concerning you, my brethren, my Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. The news is coming back. We've seen reflections of this in a, a previous message not too long ago. He says, and I, now I mean this, that each one of you saying, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos and I'm of Cephas and I'm of Christ. You got at least four groups going on among the Corinthians there. Paul says, this is what I'm hearing. You got this faction and that faction and these people thinking this and these that. And, and some people are saying, well, Paul is the great theologian, but Apollos can preach your socks off. And, and Cephas, well, that's Jesus' buddy and I'm just with Jesus. And they begin to gravitate to the four corners of the room, symbolically speaking. And Paul says, oh, Corinthians, don't do that. The stakes are so high. The purposes are so profound. Don't do that. Because don't you remember, Jesus says, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the nations. And then he's going to come back again. And all the little issues of life will be dwarfed by the magnitude of the return of Christ. And some of the really big people are going to be little bitty people when Jesus comes. And some of the, the craziness of this world will be, will be gone and shattered in the presence, the remarkable presence of the returning Son of God. 
Paul says, I'm pleading with you, Corinthians. My heart is heavy. No schisms among you. Let's don't have First Pauline Church and First Apollos Church. Let's understand that we are the cause of Christ. We are the one true church of Jesus Christ with a high and holy purpose. He says, has Christ been divided? Paul wasn't crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Questions that have obvious answers. And all true Corinthian believers would say, no, Jesus hasn't been divided. And it wasn't Paul on the cross. As much as I love the Apostle Paul, I can't wait to be Paul's friend in heaven. And I love that guy and what he did with his life. But Paul didn't die for me. He lived sacrificially, but Jesus was crucified for my sins. I was baptized at the First Baptist Church of Atlanta a long time ago. And not in the name of the Apostle Paul, but in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. By our associate pastor, Albert Rose. Paul says, oh, Corinthians, focus, focus, focus on what really matters. Don't lose it. Don't let others distract you. Don't let anything pull your heart away from the main things. Christ hasn't been divided, nor should we. Verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius. And we don't know a lot about those two guys, but he says, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't baptize a lot there. A lot of you got baptized, but it wasn't by me and in my name. That wasn't the purpose. He says, so that no one could say you were baptized in my name. I don't want any credit for your conversion. I'm troubled sometimes by testimonies where people are talking about how uh, they reached people for Christ. The Holy Spirit reaches people for Christ, and we are mere tools in his hand. And all the glory goes to God anytime anybody is genuinely converted. He says, now, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, I do remember I did baptize them. Beyond that, I, I don't know whether I baptized any others. It's so secondary to Paul at this point. He's not counting. He doesn't have notches on the, the handle of his gun. He, he doesn't have some scorecard that he's bragging about in the churches. He says, I don't even remember how many people were baptized. That wasn't uh, my central purpose. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. So much of uh, what I see and I read and all the literature and all the junk mail is, is just ways that the church can be increasingly clever. And the church of America today needs to be increasingly Christ-centered and Holy Spirit-driven so that we proclaim the gospel to a dark world. Not the cleverness of what we come up with, but the announcement of what Jesus has done. And he says it needs to be so, so that the cross of Christ will not be made void. Or you could render it that it will not be deprived of its power or made ineffective. 
When someone comes to Christ and is converted, I'm not talking about superficially joining this or that or, or joining the church or joining your Sunday school class. When someone really comes to Christ, it's not because of your cleverness, but because of the power of the cross of Jesus. And Paul says, may we forever set that message before the watching world. That's who we are. That's who we must be for all time. I want to share a few things. I know I've shared parts of these next few thoughts with some of you. So excuse the repetition, but I want to make a point. At Columbia, going to see Kennedy uh, several weeks ago in the student center in the basement. Before I found Kennedy, I, I went into where the bookstore used to be. And Elizabeth Chan was standing outside there with a display from Global Recordings Network, which used to be gospel recordings, but that sounds too much like a music studio. But Global Recordings was started by Joy Ritterhoff in 1939. She was the first graduate, I think, of, or one of the first graduates of Columbia Bible College, which is now Columbia International University. Joy never married. She poured her entire life into her ministry and the mission that she started. And they came up with ways to play records in the jungle and then cassette tapes with a hand crank. Uh, and I saw Elizabeth, this young Chinese-American girl there, and we started talking about some of that. And I was trying to get one of those old cardboard record players. And she told me how to email the right person. Um, but she says, but that's nothing. She said, this is our latest thing. And she showed me, it was about, this is not one of them, but it, it was that size. It looked just like, exactly like that with a thing about that tall, the size of a pencil sticking up from it. She says, this is our newest thing. She says, that's a theological library. And we're taking them into China now. And any Christian missionary tourist can go in and, and if they're stopped at the Customs, they can say, it's my cell phone, because it really is kind of like a cell phone and, and has that capability. Uh, but it has a little app there, and they can take that into any Chinese city and sit it down, turn it on, hand out telephones, and every pastor in that city that has the right app on that little phone of theirs can access an entire theological library off a little gadget like this that can make it through customs anywhere. Incredible. Incredible. Gospel recordings now, uh, the latest number I have on them, I, I scanned this weekend looking for some numbers, but latest number I had on them was 2012. So we're already five years, so I don't know where they are now, but they had recordings. In, and I'm not talking about music, and, you know, that it's not... CDs for music. We're talking about gospel presentation recordings in 6,139 languages. And that's five years ago. Who knows where they are now? There are about 7,000 languages in the world. So they're about six, over six-sevenths of the way toward having it in every language and the ability to set up a, a seminary, library, and a little gadget like that. It's incredible. And little Joy Ritterhoff poured her life into launching that work. And the Holy Spirit picked it up and is doing incredible things with it. 
Transworld Radio was started in 1954 by Dr. Paul Freed. He was a missionary to Spain, and Spain was under the rule of a tyrant at the time, and it was a bad time for the church. So he went south of the Med into Morocco and set up a transmitter and broadcast the gospel back across Gibraltar up into Spain to reach the Spanish people by radio, which was emerging in those days in a fresh way with the gospel. Now, you, got, you, you broadcast from Europe down into North Africa, but in those days it was from Morocco, Arab Morocco. Today, all these years later, Transworld Radio, with the greatest broadcasting stations in the world, is broadcasting in 230 languages in 160 countries. They have a transmitter in Monte Carlo, never been there, maybe some of you have, in Monte Carlo, a radio center, a, mag, a big complex for radio that was built by Adolf Hitler to proclaim Nazi propaganda to the world and from powerful transmitters there, they saturate North Africa and Europe. In Guam, U.S. territory protected by the U.S. military, nobody's going to mess with Guam. Transworld Radio's transmitters beam the gospel to 900 million people, potential audience. All you got to have is a radio and know how to tap into that. The transmitter in Sri Lanka, the used to be Ceylon, south of India, beams northward into India and lower China. There's a new transmitter in Benin, uh, which was the birthplace of voodoo, as dark as you can get. And now the gospel of Jesus is beamed all over West Africa from that country. It's incredible in our time. The Wycliffe Bible translators, I want you, as I go through these, I want you to keep in mind a date, a year, 2025. I'm going to explain why when I come back. Wycliffe Bible translators is one of those organizations that's targeted 2025. Today in the world, of the 7,000 languages, there are 1,400 New Testaments. There's some uh, 600 whole Bibles and 2,900 Languages have some uh, measure of scripture uh, in, in the mix. That's the major languages, so that the 7 billion or so people of the earth have been reduced to 160 million people that still need translation. That's still a lot of people. But as we speak, the Wycliffe Bible translators have 2,400 languages in 165 countries that are now in process. Most remarkable people in the world. 2,400 teams translating the Bible right now into the languages of the world, saturating the globe with the most unique, small group people languages imaginable. Racing toward a goal of 2025 when it will all be done. I remember being at chapel at Columbia years ago and the head of Wycliffe came, and he had a little music stand like we still use around here, and he had the old computer printout sheets, uh, you know, had the holes on the side that tracked through the machine. Some of you have used those. And he turned the first page, and it flipped. While he continued to talk, he just kept flipping and flipping and flipping pages and pages and pages of people groups and languages. It's like this is overwhelming. It's incredible. 
And the Wycliffe Bible translators, Cameron Townsend, said, no, it's not so overwhelming that God can't do it. And we will take the Bible to the nations of the world, all of them, all of them, all 7,000 groups. It's amazing what that mission has done and is doing. The Jesus film, backed by Campus Crusade for Christ, has ne- I saw the Jesus film a long, long time ago when I was in seminary. It's the only movie I think I saw when I was in seminary. There was no time for movies. Uh, but went to a theater in downtown Columbia and watched the brand new Jesus film. The text is the Gospel of Luke. That movie has been duplicated and taken to the world. The Jesus film, which is nothing more than a video with the text of the Gospel of Luke running, is now in one, th- at last count I've got, 1,511 languages have that simple little movie. You'd think it's a grade B or grade C movie, but people around the world are weeping when they see the Jesus film. And multitudes of people are coming to Christ through that simple endeavor. 1,511 languages. In 2016, last year, and it's hard to, virtually impossible to track this kind of thing, but last year, almost 46 million people watched the Jesus film and multitudes of decisions. You can go to Zambia or countries and go out into remote locations, set a sheet up, uh, or hang it on a screen, and project that on that, and you will see swarms of people of all ages come out to watch that movie. And they will cry, and they will cheer, and they will be so caught up in it. It's an amazing, amazing reality. And Campus Crusade for Christ is on a mission to just keep on translating, keep on translating. More and more and more languages as that film goes around the world. Now, I have a friend I've never seen in person, Pam Cavender, who works for Faith by, Comes by Hearing. Faith Comes by Hearing is out in New Mexico somewhere. Pam calls about every three months to try to get me to get you to do something with what they're doing. She's a representative of that mission. And I've carried around for a long time now. This is, this is my Bible stick, which is the whole New Testament on this. And you get little earplugs for it. You can carry it anywhere with you, and it's never a problem. Wendy saw that and wanted one, so I contacted Faith Comes By Hearing and, and got one. And it came last week. And uh, Josh and I were talking about it in the office, and I pulled it out and showed it to him. And Wendy's is better than mine. Mine's just got the New Testament. This little stick that runs on a AAA battery has the entire Bible on it. And you can scroll through and listen to any part of the Bible. You can listen to the whole Bible. You can get a reading plan to listen through in a year, or you can just stand there and listen to the whole thing if you can uh, make it through it. Faith Comes by Hearing uh, is another one of those missions is dreaming. They've got a new product, Pam described it the other day, as being the size of a small Kleenex box, you know, the skinny one. It looks like a good-sized book. It's called a Proclaimer. A Proclaimer has solar panels that flip out, and you can run it with no battery, just off solar power, or you can charge a battery that's in it 
It's designed, it can fall in a river, it'll float to the surface, you can scoop it out and turn it on and it'll work fine. It's bulletproof, it's, it's remarkable. Proclaimer, Proclaimer has speakers built into it with all this technology that can put the Bible into that, all condensed down into this one little thing a missionary can carry around. You don't even have to know the language, you just have to program the Proclaimer for their language and, and you, you go in and you can set it up in any remote bush village and 330 people can listen to that at the same time. You round up a whole village and turn on the gospel. And they will come and they will listen. Americans, probably not. Third world people will flock to hear what the proclaimer says. The stick, the Bible stick, and this is a relatively new ministry, but the Bible stick is now in 1,082 languages with an ultimate goal by 2025 of every language in the world on a little stick like that. How many of those could you carry in your pocket to any country you travel to in the world? There ought not be one soldier or sailor in the U.S. military that doesn't have that. There ought not be one young graduate that doesn't have that. There ought not be one lost person you don't, uh, that, that you don't know about their faith experience and your concern for them that you don't give something like that to. All these ministries are just layered, wrapping the globe. We sit here and we, we do church, and the gospel's permeating the planet. Jesus says this gospel will be preached to every tribe and tongue, every people group, every ethnicity will be preached to, and then the end will come. If you look at gospel recordings and Transworld Radio and the Wycliffe translators and, and the Jesus film and Faith Comes by Hearing and all those things, aren't we pretty close? To fulfilling what Jesus was talking about? Aren't we pretty close to every tribe and tongue hearing about Christ? Talking to my phone friend Pam the other day, I said, Pam, we talked about a lot of this stuff in about a 10-minute conversation. I said, you ought to be excited every morning when you get up and go to work at Faith Comes By Hearing, knowing that you're in the last part of the last chapter of the Great Commission. I tell you, it's, I, I get chill bumps and excited and overwhelmed by it all the time. I just, you know, I can sit there and I, it's fun to listen to it, but just to look at it and know the potential of all this technology and the hands of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says to the Corinthians and the Bible says to us, oh, church, I plead with you don't get divided over petty, silly things that won't matter 10,000 years from now. Be consumed with the fulfillment of that purpose he talked about in verse 10. That you all have the same purpose. Every tribe and tongue, that's our purpose. Till Jesus says, it's done. And when he says it's done, it's going to come shockingly, stunningly, but Jesus, we've got to decide this at church and we've got to do that. And what, Jesus will say, it's done. The mission is complete. When Jesus comes, I want to, and when, if it's 2025, awesome. That's just eight years away. Eight years from now, I want to be doing something related to this stuff. 
and not the petty things that split and divide churches. Satan's having a field day in Lawrence County right now in the churches, churches plural. Oh, that we might be of one heart, one spirit, one focus for things that have eternal significance. May it be so until our Lord returns. Will you bow with me in prayer? Father, we're grateful this morning that this gospel of the kingdom has been preached in our country and in so many ways in our language. And you've told us to take it to the entire inhabited world, to every ethnic group. Father, fill our hearts not only with an awareness of what's going on, but with a commitment to be a part of it. I pray that your spirit would reach down and uh, just engulf this church family, surround us and immerse us in your love that we'll be so filled with your purposes that nothing could ever split us or divide us or distract us. May it be that we get up and go everywhere we go morning by morning with an awareness of your work around the world. Lord, we thank you for the gadgets. We thank you for the telephone libraries in China and for gospel sticks and amazing radio transmitters and all the stuff. But we are grateful most of all that your Holy Spirit is at work uh, just as much as at any time in the history of the planet. And so we want to be yielded, Lord. We want to be useful, Lord. Call us into your ranks. Preserve us. Protect us. Fulfill your purposes, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.